You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. I'm really curious about this. So Taylor, you were telling me just before we started that there are some early reviews for Wonka. And I feel like we got to dive right into that. So this is per variety. Okay. And the title, the headline is Wonka, Wonka first reactions praise Timothy Chalamet as infinitely charming, intoxicating and pitch perfect. (laughs) As a side note, did you know that this is a musical? No, is it? <laughs> it's a musical. No, it's I didn't musical. know that. Yet another uh, trailer at like as per our last episode, another trailer that you would have no idea this is a musical. I had so the variety... no idea it was a musical, none at all. I, I mean, I assume maybe they'd sing once or twice, but I didn't think they'd do like actual yeah, like, like a bunch of numbers. The way like the um, Oompa Loompas sing in the first one. So they're. The, this article, the Variety article, is describing it as a prequel musical, and okay. it's finally been unveiled to critics and entertainment journalists, and the first reactions are calling it a winning confection and a instant holiday classic. Oh, no. I don't, I don't <laughs> buy it. I can't. I don't. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't buy it either. Like, I don't buy it at all. I... Film critic Courtney Howard wrote Wonka is, quote, a winning confection filled with perfect amounts of charm, whimsy, and poignancy, powered by pure imagination and bright, nimble musical numbers. Timothy Chalamet is a charisma factory. His full committal is intoxicating. Hugh Grant in exceptional IDGAF mode. So I don't give a F mode, whatever that means. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess now we're gonna. Is he? Isn't he a CGI Oompa Loompa? That like isn't that? Yeah, he's like, like he's doing some sort of like they're obviously do, like manipulating his look, obviously. But like he's teeny it, tiny. Like, it's like his. Yeah. It's his face on a. It's his face, body. but like he like they they must record with all those dots and whatever, and then they just do CGI stuff over top of him right like that's yeah to miniaturize him i guess i i think i'm just um, explaining why my joke was funny everybody that's that's why i I was i I apologize i missed the humor on that one um yeah i guess we could spend literally an hour just deconstructing that variety article but honestly i want to just talk about this like i don't even (laughs) i don't even care (laughs) that much about i didn't care that much about the movies i saw and reviewing anyway now I even care less because one, I'm still shocked that this is a musical. I had I had no idea. Again, I just assumed maybe there'd be some musical numbers. Maybe Wonka would have one, and then like the Oompa Loompas might sing or whatever. But like I, I thought maybe there'd be one that like oh he does a musical number. Think, I, I just didn't know it was a musical. Do you think maybe though it is going to be like how you're imagining it, and they're just calling it a musical? Well, then that would be. That would be mischaracterizing it. That would be like saying if two characters kiss, it's a romance now. Yeah, fair. Like that's fair. not one musical number. I, I feel like 
I'm just trying to get I have into the mind faith. of executives. I, know. <laughs> I, I have I have slightly more faith in humanity than that because to me that might be the thing that pushes me over the edge, actually, Taylor. I know that sounds like a really small thing to push me over the edge, but that's how close I am. Because a musical would you'd need like to me, you need a minimum of three plus musical numbers. And that's what makes it a musical. If you sing once or twice, it's not a musical. You're just you just have music as a as a part of it. Right? Easy A is not a musical just because they had one musical number in it. What's that movie that they're spoofing? The one I haven't seen that everybody likes with Matthew Broadwick when he skips school. That that movie is not there is the musical. Day off? Yeah. Yes, because there's like some sort of oh. musical number, dance scene or whatever at the end, which was very common, I think, in a lot of 80s movies. Like you sometimes have those things. But they're not like Dirty Dancing is not a musical. So if you have one musical number, that doesn't make it a musical. You have to sing multiple times. And the musical number has to exist in the world of it, not outside. Like you can't be like, oh, well, these characters sing on stage. Like the, song, the, the movie I saw, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah. It has music in it, and and the main character, well, one of the main characters, she sings like three times, but they're not musical numbers. They're music within the context of just oh, I'm singer. on stage, yeah, just a singer. The thing about a singer, but the end times, just belting her heart out. Absolutely, yes, <laughs> many times. Like sometimes a little, like why are you singing? I don't think this is appropriate, but <laughs> but she, she, boy, does she sing <laughs> a lot, and but it's not a musical. So, yeah, like if they're calling it a musical, it has to be musical numbers that take place in the moment and singing is the replacement for the monologue. So if there's musical numbers like that, then yes, this is a musical. So I I just have more faith in people. I don't think that someone would make that kind of mistake when they're writing reviews. That comment from the director is even more wild now that I I read back back in the summer where he was like, I didn't audition timothy i just watched his high school graduation videos or whatever where he's rapping and so is he gonna rap in the movie versus sing i was just <laughs> about to ask does does do we even know if timothy chalamet sings like does do we so, even know that like do we have that on record somewhere because i don't i don't think so i know he went to a performing arts school and i'm sure it's like part of the curriculum that they get singing i mean i i, I don't I, know i would that's okay if okay if that's the case then probably like that's probably part of it he would have taken some kind of some sort of vocal yes vocal i'm sure that classes. probably would have been part of it yeah but um a vocal class does not make a broadway star oh no of course not <laughs> No, 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 not at all. Um, oh my god! I, I'm just, I'm, I, so. That's the I thing. do just, buy, like, I do buy that he's a charisma factory. That stupid line in that article, like he but, does have charisma coming out of. Sure, his face. but but does charisma charisma doesn't equal a strong performance of a character that we already know? He's not playing someone new, right? Like you go into something new. And you don't really know what to expect. And you get you give us a charismatic character. We'd be like, yay, great, good, good job, Timothy Chalamet. We're all happy. And this is a character that existed. So we're gonna we're obviously gonna compare him to the character we had before, where yes, there was charisma, but there's Willy Wonka was a well fleshed out character with a lot of different 
nuances to him. So I know we're getting kind of an origin. He's probably going to be developing certain things. The character can be different when they're younger. I'd accept all of that. But charisma is not enough. Like, can he perform in this part is is my big question. And these reviews okay. make it seem like he's great. But I'm he's like, well an, but, but that's not enough. It's I'm sorry. It's not enough. I, I hate I. Uh, it makes me so mad because here I am. Go back to the Hunger Games for a second. Right. And what and I'm watching, you know, watching the ballad of, of songbirds and snakes, or whatever the big title is. And I'm just like, I'm watching this movie being like you as filmmakers are thinking like, well, hey, let's put this pretty girl on stage and have her sing. We don't have to do anything else. And that's good enough because people are stupid. Well, like, I need more. I need depth. I need something. I, when you put a character on on screen, we've talked about this a lot on the show, and I've taken criticism for this, but I stand by it. You can't tell me to feel an emotion. You have to make, you have to earn it. So showing me a picture and being like, this human being died. I'm like, okay, so what? What what does that do? You haven't developed anything. So if you're, if you're going to put someone on stage, like, oh, look how charismatic they are. Great. Is it charisma that makes sense for the character? Or are you just spellbind by someone? Like maybe this reviewer just has a crush on Timothy Chalamet. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to like say that that's a hundred percent what's happening here. I'm just saying what, like some of these reviews, the, the quotes you're giving me from this article, make it seem like are very surface. <laughs> like it doesn't really talk about the movie more so these particular performances within it. Which, also, why is it a holiday classic? Is it set during Christmas? Yeah. It, oh. Because that was another quote, was that this is an instant holiday classic. But, like, why? Because it takes the place. Was first movie at Christmas? No. <laughs> it, it, was it really? I can't remember. Because, I mean, I know it was there was wintery aspects. It's just, it's winter, but it's not, like, a Christmas, it's not Christmas. movie. Yeah, no. It's just, okay, like, it it heightens the fact that his family is like so poor, you know, right. like yes. their house yes. is cold. Everything they have no cold. food. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then when you step inside the, if I remember correctly, when you step inside the actual factory, it's all like they, they walk through kind of a spring, summer foresty thing. Like it's, yeah, it's the, the polar opposite of the outside, right? Like it's color and bright and the chocolate river. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, like, okay, the movie takes place in wintertime. I mean, this is, we're going on pure speculation based on one trailer we saw back in the summer. So, like. But that's, I think it's fair to speculate because that's what they've given us. Was there another trailer release that I just don't know about? Not You've been to the theaters. I, have you seen? <laughs> no, not that I've seen. Well, I've seen, I've seen another cut of the same trailer before right. one of the movies recently, but it was. There was like some additional footage, but nothing that suggested one that was a, that it was a musical and nothing really new. It was just like recut things. Same thing, right? Like it's it's him younger. I guess he's he's I guess you got a little bit more context. Like he's fighting some sort of chocolate board of directors, yeah, some sort of corp, <laughs> corporation that he's fighting against. And he has some some little friend and it's him and the little friend that are kind of going around trying to do something or like he's he's kind of like made friends with this this girl who i don't know her the, we don't really know anything about her yeah maybe but we don't know much about her i feel like we'll learn more but yeah like that's there, there's not 
there's not really much else we've been told. So yes, I know everything we're doing is based on speculation, but that's what this is. Like when, when you give a trailer, you have to speculate. And anytime people are like, well, people are reacting really poorly to our trailer. It's like, well, <laughs> if you're not going to be transparent about what you're doing, then all that does is lead to speculation. So we don't know this is a musical. We don't know much about this. Obviously, that makes us either interested or not interested in going to see it. That's what marketing is. We get that. But then as these reviews come out, you find out maybe it's a musical. Everyone's really happy. Kind of goes against everything that so far I've seen where I'm kind of like, this looks a little cringeworthy. And, it, and I, I'd be a little concerned about it. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. these. The fact that they're like wildly positive, I'm like, what what's going on here but guess we'll have to wait till december well technically certain, we are in december now so yes cer- certain reviewers maybe get early screenings thinking that like oh well you know we'll uh we'll be in a position where the, this one will give us a bit of a better and more positive review hmm. that's what i think that's my, like they uh, cherry pick reviewers yeah because these are all from early screenings, right? Like they would do early press screenings and usually there's some sort of like, well, you, you're not allowed to talk till a certain point about it. So these really early ones, I feel like they might cherry pick who to invite. Probably even just based on, okay, this reviewer we know likes these kinds of movies. Right. So we'll try to build some early buzz and then everyone else starts reviewing it like the week before it opens and then you get whatever else uh, reviewed about it. Now, again... I guess for all we know, this could be the best movie of the year. How, right? Like this, for all we know. How common is it, though, for a trailer to just stink? You know, like, worst trailer ever, and the movie be amazing? Like, I can't think of an instance of that happening. Like, I only, know, like... Go ahead. The only one I can think of. And this will mean nothing to you, Taylor. <laughs> but the first the first trailer they released for Star Trek Beyond was atrocious to the point where someone involved in writing the movie had to publicly apologize. <laughs> and told, he said, so he got in trouble for this, I guess, apparently, but it was Simon Pegg. So Simon Pegg's one of the writers. Yeah. And he got a lot in trouble for saying this, but publicly he was like, I'm a Star Trek fan. I co-wrote this movie. That trailer is not an accurate representation of this movie. We apologize. We're going to make a new one. That was ridiculous. Like he what? had to come out and say that. And then and then he got like fined by the studio or whatever for doing that. But he felt he had to. And then we got another trailer that was better. The Wonka people should apologize because I didn't know it was a musical. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, but so this is the second time in a row, like between Mean Girls and this. Yeah, weird. I think it's. It's understandable that we don't know it's a musical, but, but what? why? Why yeah. are you not putting that in there? And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Do they just think musicals won't sell? You you won't come if you think it's a musical in advance, but you'll be happy if you sit there and go, I didn't know this is a musical, now it's a musical. And it, they're so confident in the movie that it's going to transcend that dislike they're, they're worried about. I don't know. Like to me, it doesn't make sense to not say it's a musical if it's a musical. I would I would have been so shocked if I went to this movie 
And all of a sudden, Timothy Chalamet starts belting out a musical number. I would have been like, what? <laughs> you would have had the experience that we talked about last week where yeah. people went to Les Mis and didn't know it was sung through all the way. <laughs> that would, it's just like wild to me. And also to me, that's like a selling point to have, because like, he's like, you know, so hot right now. He's Hansel. Hansel so hot right now. Um so like, good Zoolander reference. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> good, wouldn't, drop. <laughs> wouldn't um, to me, that would be a draw to like, be like, Oh wow. Timothy's belting it out in this, in this trailer. That's interesting. If it's, if it's good, that would be an interesting thing. Yes. Sure. Like that would definitely, if there was a trailer where you're so confident in the music and, and he starts singing, then yes, I think a lot of people would go, Oh, that's interesting. Now I'm slightly more interested. Well, uh, it's a Christmas release. Am I, am I right? I do believe it's around Christmas. Yeah. yeah like so. I think, I think it might open in the States the week before, but we get it in Canada for some reason during Christmas. I don't know. It's, it's somewhere late in December though. What a way to start the show. We, our fans were probably like, oh, well, we get a break from this Wonka garbage that they keep ranting about. Nope. Yeah. We got 16 <laughs> yeah. minutes. It's really funny Wonka. how some things will just, you know, set us off where it's just, it doesn't matter. And we know it doesn't matter. And the movie for all we know could be really good, but there's just certain things that I think it's because we see it happen all the time or we get a bad trailer or we, we don't agree necessarily with the casting decision and you can, we just know from all the movies that you and I both see, we know how bad this could be and how, how bad it could go. And we also know we're probably having to go see this. <laughs> so I think there's also this preemptive of like, I don't want to do this, but here I am <laughs> watching. Well, I hope movie. it's, I hope it's a good one. I, I, I truly every do. Movie. I want every movie to yeah. be great. I just keep getting disappointed. <laughs> like thoroughly thoroughly disappointed uh it's but it's the also the only thing like i so i have a tradition taylor i, I maybe we've talked about this on the show i don't remember I'm going to the not, theater at christmas yes yeah every time i try to go to the theater at least once like just by myself or in and around christmas i used to like walk to the theater i actually could still do that where i am now but I always look forward to watching something that like no one else likes and I'm just going to go see it because it's fun. And my only option is Wonka. <laughs> and maybe Napoleon. Napoleon's, but I'm probably going to see that before Christmas though, to be honest. Sure, like it's, sure. it just opened. And it's not really I'm a probably going to go. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm probably going to, my choices are, I, I'm pretty sure Wonka and that migration movie <laughs> that animated Migration. I saw. I got an email from Cineplex. Silent Night is o- is opening. Or is, I has saw. <laughs> I saw a trailer for that. So um, maybe you can go see that one. Yeah, maybe I'll have to go see Silent Night uh, as my as my Christmas movie. But usually it's like a you know wizard movie, Harry Pottery movie, like something kind of like that. Um, or usually, like if if one of the big big movies had come out, like a Star Wars or something, I would just see that for the second or third time. Um, but yeah, I might have to see Silent Night. My choices are Silent Night, and double Wonka. feature. Yeah, <laughs> the Silent Night right into Wonka. Just get it all done. Why not in one in one day? Um, okay, well we uh, we do have some movies to review. 
Do we have any fan questions left over from last week? We do. We wanted to sprinkle in. Uh, yes, uh, we do. Um, oddly enough, uh, one or two have to do with Wonka. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> we should have started, I guess, with that. I didn't, but... Yeah, I probably should have pre-read these actually. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So this this one's from Kristen, um, and Kristen. Oh, okay, well, Kristen's a big fan of. Timothy Chalamet. I mean, who isn't? I am a big fan of him. Um, Kristen writes in and says, I'm I'm actually quite interested to see where Wonka goes. I'm a big fan of Timothy Chalamet. I think he's a wonderful performer. Is there is there no is there no room in your heart for a little bit of whimsy from Timothy Chalamet this holiday season? I love that. I love and I love that she said whimsy. Yeah. <laughs> for the for the review. Um, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't get whim I don't it doesn't read whimsy to me <laughs> in the trailer. Right. And also Wonka is I don't know, like I just I yeah. I will make room in my heart for a whimsical Timothy Shotling because I like him, but I, it doesn't read it reads cheese to me, <laughs> not whimsy. Yeah, I I think that's more the issue. I I I think what you said, Taylor, is is quite true in terms of wanting this to be a good movie. I feel the same way. Like I want it to be good. I want every movie I see to be good. I want to enjoy it. That first trailer just didn't scream whimsy, and just didn't give me that same sort of feeling like it, it to me it seemed very awkward and I'm not 100% sure why but it's hard because I do think it's difficult to go back to a beloved character that was casted well played well that everyone knows is a stellar performance and come back and say well now we're going to accept this other person and they have to live up to that and that might not be even fair to someone like Timothy Chalamet, but that's the position you have to know you're in. You're trying to live up to it. I'm sure there's lots of people who felt that way when uh, when that Mary Poppins movie was made and someone other than Julie Andrews was playing Mary Poppins. I'm sure there's some feelings there. And I think overall that ended up going over well. Um, so maybe, maybe Timothy Chalamet is on that route. Maybe, maybe he'll be great. You know, it, oh. I almost get an uncanny valley feeling from the musical and or from the trailer. And I think it's everyone, longtime listeners will know that I hate unnecessary CGI. Right. And the original movie, from what I looked like practical effects, it was made in the 70s. So it would have had yes, to be practical the Gene effects. Wilder one, not the Johnny Depp one. Yes. But the. Because what we're the, talking about here. <laughs> and the Johnny Depp one really suffered from horrible CGI. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think there there's a lot of CGI in the trailer, a lot of weird choices where they like seem to be lot making him more magical in the prequel, which I don't really get. Um, I don't remember him flying in the in the original one. That like he does in this trailer. So, anyways, yeah, I just I will make room in my heart to not judge, but it will be painful for me if it is as bad as the trailer makes it look. I can promise you, we'll see it. <laughs> we will see it at some point. <laughs> like we'll see it, we'll review it, we'll talk about it, and 
we will, we, you know, I think you and I, Taylor, are both the type of reviewers that if we really like something, we're going to tell you that we like it. Yeah. And we're not where we never go in saying, no matter what, we're not going to like this movie. So we don't hate for the sake of hating. And like, I think we're willing to admit when we're wrong. Yes. Some of us more than others, but yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, We got another question here. Um, This one comes from uh, just T signed off T. So that's fine. Um, So this is about holiday movies. So looking towards the holiday season, I'm wondering if either of you have any strong feelings on the types of movies that constitute a Christmas or holiday movie. I think that you really need to have the quote unquote magic of Christmas or the magic of the holiday seasons as part of that movie for it to be considered a holiday classic. For example, I actually don't really think that the Die Hard movie, the first one, constitutes a Christmas movie, even though it just takes place during the time. What are your thoughts on this? So Taylor, I think you're a good one to answer this. Like what, what, what do you think makes for like a holiday Christmas this time of year movie? Like what, what, what do you need to have in it? I think it takes place during Christmas. Okay. I don't know. Why would I be good for this? I'm not like a huge Christmas person. So you watch think, more of the movies than I do. That's <laughs> true. You but start that's, your Christmas thing. Didn't you say that you start your Christmas thing at like some ridiculous time, like September 13th or something? No, 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 no. That must have been from a fan. Someone um, said that. Someone said that. I must have been a fan because I make Dan wait till like December to oh, really? play Christmas music and watch Christmas wait, movies. What? Yeah. Oh, that was not me. That was not me. Okay. 100%. I'm not a Christmas person. Um, Christmas is not my favorite holiday. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I'll be, yeah, no, I I literally told, I tell Dan, you have to wait till December 1st. Because It's a Wonderful Life is his favorite movie. And I'm like, no, we're watching it in December. You have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me so, started on It's a Wonderful Life. I'm just, I'm, I'm shocked. I, yeah, I, you got it twisted some you got the plot twisted somewhere mike but yeah I, I, <laughs> when you were like i'm gonna throw it to you i'm like why <laughs> I, I just i thought we had this discussion not two weeks ago and i thought that you had some ridiculous time where you start watching christmas movies no <laughs> well I, I honestly i'm i'm so i think the sh- i think i gotta cancel the show I'm so confused. I'm completely <laughs> thrown off. I have no idea what's going on. Um, um, okay, well. <laughs> but to answer the question, like, to me, like, I, I like, yeah, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It takes place, it's like, it takes place literally at a Christmas party. Well, and I do, I, I would, I have to disagree with T a little bit about the idea that, like, there isn't the Christmas magic, quote unquote, in that movie. Because there kind of is. Like the connection he has with the officer outside and communicating to each other, maybe it's just because of like the backdrop. Like he's all like he's filmed outside with like snow and like Christmas things. And he's trying to to reconcile with his wife, is he not? Yes, yes, he is. And like the connection that those two officers make to try to solve this problem, like that has some sort of 
friendship and and treating each other well kind of vibe to like to me the magic does exist like it's one of those reasons why the nightmare before christmas is definitively a christmas movie because the spirit of christmas is what takes over that movie it's where the plot is so i i agree that i think that that it it does take more than a setting for me but i just disagree that die hard doesn't have those elements like i I do think it, it does have that a little bit. Yes, it's an action movie, but yes, it's at a Christmas party. It's set during that time. Someone's trying to get home for the holidays and something happens to stop them. Right? Like, so I feel like that is, that is, you know, of itself a Christmas movie. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, I don't even, I don't even know where to go from here. Um, okay. Gotta, <laughs> so gotta move that, on. <laughs> Back to the fan questions. Um, okay, this next fan question um, comes from J-A-E. J. 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 I'm going to go with J. Um, so Jay wants to know, in terms of the movies that have come out this year, I've been noticing that a lot of the bigger box office movies were can still considered relatively flops from previous years. The only movies that seem to be praised for making money this year were Oppenheimer and Barbie. Do you think there's a particular reason why this would be? It seems like movies are still making a decent amount of money. People are kind of going back to the theaters this year more so than they have the year before. Is that just my impression or is the industry overall feeling that it was a rough year for movies? Um, I think before Barbie and Oppenheimer, there, there was some concern about box office. But those movies definitely took the concern away. Not just because they had big openings, but for for weeks, if not months, those movies were... <laughs> everyone was going to the movie theater to, to see both of them. So I, I, from, from the little I've seen and the conversations that I've seen or the other in-industry people that I listen to on like YouTube or other things, there was some concern at the beginning of the year, but this was a really good box office summer. So... I don't think I don't think there's as much concern anymore. I could be wrong, but both of those seemed to really bump up the industry in general. And then some other movies have done okay. Some other movies have kind of not done as well. But there's a lot of smaller movies now, Taylor, that have like smaller budgets that when they make less of the box office is less of a big deal. I've been noticing that. Which is like what they did in the nineties and what yeah. we should <laughs> Yeah. return to not everything needs to be a blockbuster i'm with quiet on this one because you're our block box office guy i don't look at the numbers i've never really been particularly interested in the numbers unless i'm reading the wikipedia page of like a movie that's like huge or a flop you know what i mean like like a, a water world that would be interesting interesting fact i learned on a podcast water world which is like considered the biggest flop has earned back it's budget now. Yeah, that's like... Uh, it only took, like, what, 20, 30 years? It's like the room yeah. <laughs> that like has made so much money over time that it finally made back everything. Yeah, and that does happen. Like even those, you know, box office flops or movies that become cult classics, like they end up finding money later. So it's not always the biggest issue. But this year, I, I feel like it's a flop. It's a flop. These movies are forgettable, bad writing. You know what I mean? Yes. Like <laughs> in terms of quality, like in terms of quality, I think this year's kind of down from from previous years. Like we've been doing this show long enough that looking at the various years of of watching movies, 
I, I do think this is this is a leaner one. Um, now, with that being said, things to keep in mind, and I don't know where Jay, where you are, uh, the geographically, but in Canada, we haven't really gotten a lot of the big like Oscar bait, buzzy, quote unquote, arty arts movies yet. Like we we get those in December, like late December, and then into January, February, even though they're twenty twenty three releases. So. It, it's kind of like we're the best movies in theory we're going to see in the next three months. Yeah. And it doesn't help that the strike pushed everything back. Like summer yeah. after Barbie so, was kind of like, wah, wah, like fall. I was, I was, uh, I was having a delicious lunch uh, and uh, listening to, to a podcast about movies and they, because of all the pushbacks, there's only one Marvel movie coming out next year. One. There's been three. Every one year. in 2024. And yes, one in 2024, and that's Deadpool. That's the third Deadpool movie. Doesn't count even in my mind as a Marvel movie. Well, it's sort of part of the cinematic. This is going to be the first one that's actually part of the cinematic. Oh, movie. there'll be a crossover. Well, because they bought because Disney bought back Fox, so okay. it has all the X Men properties. So that's why. But yeah, technically, it is its own thing, and Ryan Reynolds is still writing it. And is still involved in it. So yes, it is very much a different sort of Marvel movie. So you're not even really getting any of the other Marvel movies. Like they're they're all gone from 2024, mainly because of the strike and because they want to reset and take more time. And the next one's going to be sometime in 2025. So that you know, I good we, because seen that. from what I've heard, the last handful of Marvel movies have been horrible. So it's been rough. Good. I got to tell you, it's been rough. <laughs> it's been rough. Now there's a few of them I haven't minded as much as other people, but. Yes, it's been it's been rough, so maybe it's okay to have a little bit of a break. Um, next fan question here comes from Leanne. Um, and Leanne wants to know, is there a particular movie this year that you're looking back on the last 11 months and saying, I wish I had seen this? Is there something that you had missed from this year that you were really looking forward to that you haven't had a chance to see? This happens to me a lot less, Taylor, because of streaming. Yeah, like having sorry i having regrets like i didn't get to see that movie was yeah, that the question yeah that's yes uh yes leanne's asking did you have any regrets um of movies that you wish you'd really seen this year that you get a, didn't get a chance to i regret still not having seen atomic city dan even watched it one night while i was sleeping with the baby wow. so that's like pretty depressing what is a what is atomic or, um what's the the new west anderson movie not atomic city atomic oh <laughs> oh the asteroid city asteroid city sorry uh, yes okay asteroid i saw city. that in review i'm like yeah. atomics you movie. saw it dan <laughs> saw it I'm, I'm, everyone in the world has seen it so my my movie going year has been so weird because of the baby so like there's probably tons of things that i would have liked to see um that I just haven't had the chance because I don't have the time this year. Eventually I would like to see Asteroid City. Um, there's that new by the director who made Kill Killing of a Sacred Deer um, and The Favorite. His new movie I think is coming out or has just come out with Emma Stone. I really oh, want to yes. see that one. Yeah, that hasn't come out yet though. At least I don't think we okay. have it yet. Yeah. Okay, so like I guess I don't have too many regrets because like like you said, Mike, 
the movies that I would be more inclined to see will probably come out in December and January. Whether or not I'll get a chance to see those movies um, is to be determined. But yeah, probably the only big one would be Asteroid City. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I think I think for me, I, I can't think of one because I always do try to get them on streaming later. And I'm okay with seeing a movie at home versus going to the movie theater. Like there's, oh, yeah. there's some I obviously like to see, but if I really for whatever reason, just can't go see a movie and watch it on streaming. I'm not that disappointed. So I'm the yeah, same way. Me a bit less. Um, okay. We got to get to reviewing some films here because we've got four uh, to talk about. So let's, uh, let's review them. We saw two movies. Um, so let's, uh, should we flip a coin? How do we want to do this? <laughs> Why don't you go first? I, Cause I'm dying to hear about the new hunger games movie. Okay. You want me to start with hunger games? Okay. Yeah, because so, yeah, the reviews I, have been mixed. Yeah, um, understandable. So yeah, I saw The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This is a prequel movie, so it takes place... So I guess the movies with Jennifer Lawrence were around the, the like, 75th Hunger Games. And this takes place at the 10th anniversary of The Hunger Games. So it's within the first 10 years of it existing. Got it. Oh, see, I thought it was about them founding the Hunger Games, but no, so it's about... It kind of is, though. So, okay. basically, I'll, I'll give a quick plot synopsis. Peter Dinklage plays the the guy who, who came up with the idea of the Hunger Games, and for the first nine years, it existed very differently than the Hunger Games we would know from the, the later books. Got it. In this movie, for the 10th anniversary... They change things to try to get viewership there. So I guess after nine years, people stopped watching and weren't as interested in it anymore. So for this year, they institute things that are part of the, the Hunger Games later. The, the sponsors, people being able to, to donate money and send gifts right. and to help the tributes, making it more of like get to know the tributes. And it's like a television show more so than it was before. I guess it was less of that kind of performance structure. You would just watch it in a little bit more casually. So that's the, that's the plot of the movie. And our main character, who is, the, who is the guy who becomes President Snow, his name is something weird, Snow. Coriandis. Cornelius? Cornelius. Well, it's not, I, it's like, they pronounce it Coriandis. And they just oh. call him Cory. But, so <laughs> Cory Snow is, is our main character. He's at an academy in in their main in the capital um and he he's part of this class that have all been as part of their final project because they they got to try to win this scholarship to go to the next level of school or whatever that he's he's got to be a, a he's got to get get one of these tributes everyone's going to get assigned a tribute and they're going to basically be their sponsor and support them um and and help them in this new thing so he goes off on this adventure and has his tribute, and we watch the, the 10th annual Hunger Games. This movie is essentially broken up into three parts. And when I say essentially, I mean part one and two and three pop up on the screen to tell you oh. we're entering three different parts <laughs> of the movie. So there's the Pot first one, part. Part one, part two. Yeah. There's like the first part of the movie, which is just really getting to know the world that he's in. So he's actually like, even though he lives in the capital city, he's actually quite poor. Like his, okay. his father was killed in the, I think his mother too, was killed in this war that happened. 
right? So a war that's happened, all there was an uprising. So to punish all the various districts, the Hunger Games was created, right? That, that's the idea of it. So this war is over. He He's actually living in, in poverty. Like it's him. He's got a cousin and I think his grandmother. And they live essentially in poverty in the capital city. So he really needs this fund. Like he needs it to kind of build up his life and go somewhere. He's sort of a fish out of water. He's he's basically going to this really preppy rich school and having to pretend to be a preppy rich person to get by. So that's part one, right? We get to know him, get to know the Hunger Games. We're introduced to Peter Dinklage. Viola Davis plays an absolutely mad scientist, like literally a mad scientist. Unhinged. She, <laughs> yes, like uh, like complete. She's hamming it up. <laughs> like Good for crazy. her. And Peter Dinklage's character is just like so. Like he hates himself for creating the Hunger Games. He's drunk all the time. Like he's an like alcoholic. Hamish yeah. Oh yeah. Trilogy. And he's just he's just absolutely he hates himself. He hates everything. He's like a teacher at the school. <laughs> like it's really they're they're great. Viola Davis and Peter Dinklage. I mean, we don't have to tell people how good they are, but they like they they steal the show um, in terms of that. And also. Jason uh, Schwartzman yep. plays the host of the Hunger Games. He has some of the funniest lines. And Taylor, I was the only one in the packed theater laughing. <laughs> and so he's a we- so he he's the host, right? But he, I guess he's a weatherman. Like, on, okay. like that's his main job. So at one, <laughs> so he keeps bringing up that he's a weatherman, and also he likes close up magic. So he keeps bringing that up like randomly for no reason. And it kept making me laugh. Like I was, I was just like, he, it's so good. And at one point in time in the middle of the Hunger Games, he stops to give a weather report (laughs) and I'm laughing and no one else thinks it's funny. (laughs) Like no one else is laughing. And I'm just like, I'm dying laughing because this is just so like, he, he was hilarious. He was excellent in it. And I'm the only one packed theater. I'm the only one who thought it was funny. Um, so basically then part two takes place during this actual Hunger Game. And then part three is the aftermath of what happens during the Hunger Game. So that's one of the things I actually liked about this movie was unlike the original Hunger Games movies where the main thing is like we're in the arena. This right. movie did a really good job of building a story of like we're going to sh- we're going to show you how this guy, Corey Snow, becomes President Snow through him going to school and dealing with being being kind of a, a mentor, him getting a tribute, ending up like basically falling in love with her, though it's not, it's kind of ambiguous, but basically he falls in love with her, having to watch her in the arena, then what happens after because of all of this. And you see this really interesting transformation that's not like a straight line from here to here. It's like you see these ups and downs. Where you're like, oh, like he's a decent person, and like, oh, he's a monster, and oh, like you see elements coming through, and it's almost like he's going back and forth the whole movie, and it does a really good job being like, is he gonna be good or is he gonna be bad? And that that's one of the strengths this movie had. Like, I thought the guy who played him, Tom Blythe, I've never seen it before. I have no idea who this person is. He did a really good job. Like he he was he was excellent. Um, I want to talk about Rachel. Zegler, <laughs> I think is her the, name. The uh, West Side Story and yes. um, Snow White. Yes, and she plays she plays uh, this girl with a really long name, or three names. Lucy Gray Baird. That's what that's that's her name. Lucy Gray is her name, and she 
she's the singer that I was talking about. So they mm-hmm. obviously cast her because she has she has an excellent voice, great voice. Not going to deny that. As like an actor in this movie, she was very forgettable. And Ooh. the only thing I remember about her is she had this really thick kind of like Southern twang accent for no reason. <laughs> so she's also from District 12, which I think is the one that, that Katniss, Katniss is, from. is from. Right? Yeah. Okay. So no one else in her district has this accent and no one else in the whole movie has this accent, but she does. And it was very confusing. I'm not like, I'm not choice. 100% sure. Yes, it was a very strong choice. And I don't quite get why. But other than that, she was so forgettable when she wasn't singing. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if they just didn't give her enough to do, if she didn't really do anything with the material she had. Like, she was just very much like, I, I don't, I don't really know much about you. Like, I don't like really get you. And it, to me, that was like a big thing. Because this movie at times, at moments, had me. And I'm like, okay, like, that's pretty interesting. This is cool. And then at other times, I felt like I was watching Twilight. They're trying really hard to make her, like, an it girl, I feel Yeah, and, like, her, like, romance-y scenes with the guy, like, this, you would swear this was written by the Twilight person. Like, Hmm. it was so bad. It was so corny. There were some just awfully written lines in this that kind of took you out of it because up until that point you're like oh this is actually kind of interesting like that they've got me and then something happens and it's like oh you've just lost me like you like i just got pulled out of it i got pulled out of the world and it was really um yeah it was really inconsistent and it did remind me a lot of twilight it, it really did where that's why at the end of the movie i was kind of surprised how old everyone was in the movie theater because i thought like is this meant for like teenagers is this like a teen movie like what what is this what am i watching i think it's meant for our age group who grew up with the hunger games that's my guess i think it's then supposed it was to be severely underbitten <laughs> like severely hmm. like it was just not it wasn't it wasn't an awful movie and it wasn't it wasn't something that wasn't entertaining and it was two and a half hours long. And at times it didn't feel like it. And at times it did. This movie was just so inconsistent. And I think it suffered from really trying to ham in this love story that I don't think 100% was necessary and fit. Like, I think you, I think, I think there were other ways to get what they wanted across. Like, it was very, it was very kind of forced in there. And I, I don't know if it 100% worked like this movie it's so it's one of those ones that's so hard to rate because yeah it was somewhat enjoyable but it kind of made me feel like twilight where i'm just like this you didn't take this really seriously like it's written thinking that i don't know like the dialogue was just bad like there's no other way for me to say it it was just i'll say that's too I'm going to say that's too bad because from what I saw online, um, fangirls of the franchise, of the Hungry Game franchise, was looking, really looking forward to this movie. Um, they've read the book that it's based on. And so that's kind of, it's kind of a bummer, you know, that like this wasn't, it didn't live up to the other Hunger Games. To be fair, though, the third Hunger Game movie was a disaster. So um, yeah, it is what it is. But Yeah, that's what I remember. That's part of the issue is I... I definitely remember the early movies, but I don't quite remember 
the last few. I remember watching them, but I don't, I don't think I like they were memorable. Um, so yeah, maybe that, maybe you're right. Maybe that's just the problem that it's just not, it just didn't do it. I just don't think it, it went into memorability. So I, I'm torn between a airplane it and a stream it. I think I'll give it a stream it just because the world building was still really interesting. Like they did a very good job of building an interesting world that I kind of wanted to hear more of. And they did give me a lot of cool things, really good performances from a lot of people. So I think I'll give it like a light stream it, but this was almost an airplane. It it was very close to between the two. Hmm. Um, Okay, Taylor. (laughs) Dive into, uh, why why don't you start with, why don't you start with Bottoms? Yes. Very, uh, completely different movie than the Hunger Games movie you reviewed. Um, This was a movie that had a lot of buzz and, uh, was at the screening room, I want to say in the summer, um, mm-hmm. and at the time was being touted as the funniest movie of the year. And I thought, yeah. wow, that's, uh, I'm of two minds. A, that's that's a pretty big order. And B, what else has come out? Of course, it's going to be the funniest one. So <laughs> compared to what's come out this year. Anyways, now they're saying the new Nicolas Cage movie is the funniest movie of the year. But needless to say, I thought it was time to watch Bottoms. It was available on Amazon Prime. So I thought, perfect. This movie was very funny. It is in the running for funniest movie of the year, I will say. It was way weirder (laughs) than I thought it was going to be. I'm watching this movie and I'm like, what am I watching? (laughs) So the premise of the movie is um, two queer high school students are like huge, huge losers, like self-proclaimed losers. They want to lose their virginities. And so they form a all-female fight club in order to essentially get girlfriends. Yep. They form not not sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, No, like a fight club. Let's just clarify, like a fight club. Yeah, like the the they're in the the principal's office. He's like, I'm gonna expel you. And then they're like, oh, we were doing a self-defense class and then the other friend goes it was a fight club and he's like i don't care do your fight club so like it really (laughs) this movie i would almost describe as like a satire of teen movies um it really was giving me like wet hot american summer vibes but also it's kind of like wet hot american summer meets heathers meets like a 90s teen comedy it is very weird it is very funny it is very violent (laughs) it is um i think it's rated 17 plus or like 18 plus like it well deserves its rating even though it's a quote-unquote teen comedy this like isn't a i would not recommend this for teens well maybe if you like have a mature teen but like to me it was like as an adult i'm like yes this is funny um, I wouldn't necessarily show this to a 15-year-old. Yeah, like <laughs> not, it is, not quite that young sort of thing, like a little yeah, bit Yeah, because it's very violent and right, it's right. pretty dark. Um, like <laughs> at one point in the movie, so like throughout the whole movie, they're like gearing up for the football team to like play another football team that's like their rivals. And they've mm-hmm. had like this like decades, like decades, decades, decades long rivalry between the two. And then at kind of like the, the climax of the movie, um, 
they find out that like every 10 years, the rival football team kills one of their players. Ah. <laughs> so like, this isn't your typical teen movie. I'm going to put it that, that way. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Like she, I'm like listening to the dialogue and I'm like, oh, <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Okay. So I don't know. I guess like Heather's is a teen movie and it's very dark. So like, I don't know. Like I, on this show, I always try to like, give people like outs you know what I mean like this movie might not be for you do your research it's like pretty violent pretty dark but I thought it was wicked funny it was exactly the exact sense of humor I have like it's zany it's stupid at times it's um pretty clever I thought the writing was very good I thought the acting was quite good um that's what I heard about the movie, that the performances were really solid across the board. And it's really, like, the writing's really witty. Yeah, like, it was, it's it's a very good movie. Um, like, some of the characters, you're like, oh, that's kind of, like, the performances are, like, a little wooden. But, like, it makes sense for the genre. You know what I mean? Like, um, but, like, the, the two leads of the two, so Rachel Sennett is one of the plays PJ and then oh, I apologize I did not practice this name ahead of time Ao Edabiri plays Josie the the young lady who plays Josie phenomenal like kind of like almost blew this her like other girl out of the water but I don't it was great it, they had very good chemistry um like I said very well written. We're kind of running out of time, so I don't want to. I still want to okay. review my other movie, but it was just yeah. really, really, really funny. Like, there's like the Jeff is the football player, like the beloved football player. He's like a complete buffoon, like complete satire of the football player in high school movies. Like, very cleverly written. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it's available on Amazon Prime. To me, it's a see it. It is probably the funniest movie I watched this year. But again, just like this will not be everyone's cup of tea. It was a lot weirder than I thought it was going to be. Um, it is extremely violent. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird one, yeah. but it was it was very funny. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll quickly give my second review for the movie Plane. Uh, I also, oh no, I think it was on Crave. It was a Crave movie. It was in the theaters. Gerard Butler uh, plays a pilot who has to crash land a plane that only has about 12, 15 people. It's like a smaller plane. Um, on an island that has no sort of government police system. So there's cartels and gangs that kind of run this island. So as you can imagine, Gerard Butler and the, the people on the plane has to have to get out of this wild situation. Um, it's basically just a fun shoot 'em up action adventure movie. I will say it was better than I expected it to be, but it it kind of suffers from being that kind of cliched movie. I, I think this is exactly what an airplane it movie is. Not just because it takes place on an airplane, but because <laughs> I didn't even think about <laughs> Yeah, but, but because it's one of those things that it's kind of an easy watch. It's an airplane, it's a matinee, it, it's that type of thing that you can throw it on. You might enjoy it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but it's still a pretty cliched movie where at you know at one point in time Gerard Butler punches someone in the face of a plane. So if you like that kind of thing, you'll probably elevate it higher than that. But for me, plane is a airplane. Um, Taylor, tell us quickly about Xmas. Xmas. This movie has been promoted everywhere. It's, I think, 
Um, I think Amazon has a free channel you can watch movies on now called like Freeview, Freebie or something, Um, which makes no sense because Amazon Prime is its own streaming thing. I don't know. I don't know. We can't get into it. We don't have time. We don't have the time. (laughs) But essentially like BuzzFeed everywhere. You probably have seen the poster. Um, It's like Liam or what's what's the girl from Gossip Girl? I should have got brought up my list. Hold on real quick. You can always edit this out. Leeton Meester is in it from Gossip Girl fame. I have not seen her in anything for a very long time. Um, then everyone else is unrecognizable. B-listers, Z-listers. And then there's Michael Hitchcock, who definitely has a recognizable face. I don't know if he's like an older comedian. And then Kathy Greenwood. Um, again, like a very recognizable character actress. But everyone else no idea who they are this movie was not good (laughs) the it is a christmas movie obviously by the title xmas um leighton meester i feel bad she was phenomenal she gave it her all she was the only shining star in this dismal movie um very cliche and like i'm all i like the hallmark christmas movies this was just boring and weird um underdeveloped plot there was like an extra sibling that made no sense they just kind of shoehorned in this extra sibling for no reason um so it's a skip it like halfway through i was like oh maybe it's an airplane it no it's a skip it there are other cute christmas movies you can watch if you're like really jonesing to see leighton meester then like go for it because i don't think she's been in anything since gossip girl correct me if i'm wrong but yeah, very forgettable, not funny. It was a bummer to watch. <laughs> well, it wasn't a bummer to watch, but like it was not good. So it's a skip it. I have one see it and one skip it. There you yeah, go. Yeah, well, that's too bad. First first Christmas review, movie review is wah, a skip wah. it. But, but you're right. There's probably betters out there. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for, for listening this week. And you'll hear from us next week. Go see some movies. <laughs>